Welcome to the Reckoning Podcast, where we stoke a campfire, gather around, and have real-life conversations with old friends, new friends, professionals, and just shoot the shit. Reckoning all things from hunting, outdoors, beauty, entrepreneurship, relationships, life, and more. It's all just a reckoning. As I was learning, I would make videos uh, to teach other people, like, not only, like, is it okay for you to do a trip like this and figure it out along the way, but, like, here's some of the things that I've found to be true. So um, I made a, a series called Moto Camping, which is, like, motorcycle camping. It's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we call it. Yeah. Uh, motor, motor Camping 101. And so I would do videos on, like, my – I'd unpack all my bags and talk about, like, what I've got in there and how I packed it in because it's, like, a Tetris nightmare, <laughs> truly. Um, I talk about safety, like how it is that I, cause people are so curious. They're like, you're what, you're a solo female traveling around America? Are you insane? Um, so I broke <laughs> all down all my safety measures. By the way, I do not carry a gun. I know everyone has got that question on their mind. No, uh, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. Um, and then I also did videos on like how I navigate and how I find a campsite. Um, and uh, and what I eat. People are so curious about, well, what do you have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? So I broke all that down. Uh, and it just gives people, like, I think it's more accessible then because... First, thank you so much for all the support on the rebrand of Reckoning. I'm so excited for what's to come. And as I was telling you last week, I've been so stoked for you to get to hear this next guest. I've been following her for probably six plus months on her journey. And when I think of reckoning and sitting down talking to badass people around the campfire, Nikki hits it head on. So we chat with Nikki Chamberlain, who goes by the alias Kiwi Cruzette on Instagram. If you're not following her, do it now. Her pictures and videos are insane. So she just wrapped up a trip of a lifetime. After losing her job as part of a company-wide layoff, she turned this devastating year into an unforgettable journey of discovering, embracing the uncertainty, and following a pipe dream. She spent the last six months riding solo across America on her motorcycle, camping in forests, taking the back roads, and discovering what it means to live in each of the 48 lower states. So as an immigrant, she was curious to know what life was like for Americans from all walks of life. So she interviewed locals along the way, asking them for their take on the American dream. Her interviews, daily vlogs, and educational videos are published on her Instagram and YouTube channel, Lunch Cutter Productions, which we learn what a lunch cutter is. It's like New Zealand sling, so you got to figure that out. Do you think you have an idea? <laughs> Nikki hopes by sharing her journey and learnings along the way, she hopes to encourage other women to ride and explore and consider taking motorcycle camping, aka moto camping, as a way to do both. It's so fun to get to talk to Nikki and hear all of her crazy adventures she has, the things she ate, the people she saw, the different stories she got, um, and hearing what the American dream is. And the cool thing is, when we had this interview, in true fashion, Nikki was actually headed back home to New Zealand, and she was in quarantine in New Zealand, so we get to hear a little bit about what that's like, and then hearing about her new leg of her trip, which is in New Zealand. So I think we need to have Nikki back and see how that's going because her pictures today were epic. It's summer there right now. How glorious does that sound? So from New Zealand to the United States, let's light our campfire and shoot the shit, shall we, Nikki? Nikki, I found you through um, my friend on Instagram and her and her girlfriend, I guess, were some of the locals that you had ran into. I, I believe they were on their motorcycles, too. And I was just like, wait, 
She's doing what? That is so awesome. Can you kind of explain what it is you came over to the USA to do? Yes. So I, well, first of all, I must say I was already living here. So I immigrated to America okay. three years ago. Yeah. Um, awesome. So when I came here, I moved straight to California, which is such a classic thing to do, isn't it? You think, oh, I'll go to the <laughs> California dream. And, um, yeah. but, you know, that being said, I was so curious to know what the rest of America was like. And especially as an immigrant, I knew that I could live anywhere and have any type of experience. And, and having found this beautiful life in California, I was like almost a little like sad about the fact that I wouldn't get to understand, you know, what it was like to live in Nebraska, which sounds crazy, I know. But like, I, <laughs> I knew that. I knew that California wasn't representative and I was so curious. So in the back of my head, I was, you know, always musing, like, what's it really like to be in Texas? You know, like, what is, what makes North Dakota the place that the least amount of people visit? You know, why is there, you know, only 600,000 people in Wyoming? So these questions were like whizzing around my head. Um, and, but I was happy in California. So what happened was um, Corona hit. Yeah, God, and uh, <laughs> my I know. We, we, no surprise there. Twenty twenty just came out of left field, and um, and it was also when I turned thirty. So I was expecting it to be a pretty crazy year, but I turned thirty on March the twentieth. I was in Cuba, and they were closing the border as I was getting on the airplane, and I had no idea what was um, about to happen. Basically, yeah, my this California dream my hair was about to completely cave in and you know and in, in, in what turned out to be a really great opportunity um i have to acknowledge you know obviously uh you know i wasn't sick none of my family was sick there was plenty of people in, in much worse situations than me um but but i got back to my place in san francisco my roommate didn't want me in the house because i had just traveled on a flight um i lost my job and i was looking down the barrel of you know, unemployment and homelessness. And I just took, took <laughs> stock. I said, well, okay, this didn't work out how you thought it was going to work out. 2020 might not be your year, but there's still a chance. What have you got? So I looked around me and I, you know, I had my motorcycle. This is how I got to the office and back. And, um, and that was yeah. about it. So I said, well, yeah. it's summer. You now have a ton of free time. Um, you have a little bit of money because you got severance from this job and you have an opportunity now. Go do that crazy pipe dream that you never thought you would do. Uh, and I just, from that point on, I decided I'm doing 48 states of America. I'm finding out what's happening in North Dakota and Wyoming and Nebraska. Uh, <laughs> I have until, you know, and well, until the money runs out, but I knew it was going to be a cheap trip because I was camping. So really my limitation was yeah. winter. I had until I got too cold to be on the road. Uh, I packed my tent. Um, I decided I would camp as much as I could to keep myself COVID safe, but also to keep the, the budget down. And um, the premise would be this investigation about the American dream. Because this was, you know, this kind of obsession as an immigrant. Like, what is it that makes, uh, you know, Americans tick? What is it that defines them? And how is it different in all these different places? So that was, uh, you know, the thing that sort of drove me to go and, I wouldn't, you know, interact with people. I wouldn't go looking for them, but they would come to me. It would be at gas stations and eateries, and I would have a little interview with them um, as I stopped and fueled up. So um, that was the premise. And I ended up spending six months on the road, 25,000 miles, 
uh, 48 states. And yeah, six months later, I popped out uh, just <laughs> a completely <You> different <laughs> idea of what America is like. Yes, I did. I completed it. <laughs> like in the nick of time, too. <laughs> Ooh, right as winter in, hit. Neg- I actually have to do Fahrenheit. It was like 26 degrees Fahrenheit, negative three degrees Celsius when I got to my storage unit. It was horrible. <laughs> horrible. Oh, that just like gave me the cold chills thinking about that. Because, <laughs> oh, it's cold. Especially it's when you're just riding solo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't have the right equipment. That's the other thing. Like, People who look at that trip, they go, oh, she must be so prepared, especially after six months. No, I was not. I just hope for the best a lot of the time. You know, I didn't have the right gear for riding in that that sort of winter. I would stop and get hot coffees every half an hour, you know, warm up my little hands in the in the gas. Sometimes I put them on the tank, on the um, engine to warm up my fingertips. It's so cold. Yeah. So next oh, time yes. I would be a little more prepared. <laughs> How did you go about, so was it pretty like sporadic when you decided I'm going to do this? Did you kind of just decide and you were off or did you sit down and you had a little bit of a game plan or a little yeah, bit of both? So <laughs> in like in the past life, I used to be very organized. I had to do lists. I would save money. I would get up and I would have like a plan for the day. And then like, I don't know, as mm. I got to be more of an adult, I stopped finding like satisfaction in that. And I started to become a lot more um chaotic which is funny because it (laughs) serves me in different ways (laughs) it's allowed me to do things like this and not worry too much because i knew that if i thought about it for too long i would get scared and i might not do it (laughs) so i really just jumped in my world felt like it was falling apart the future i thought i had at a company i loved in a city that i had made my home was all gone so i just i all i had was this bike and I had YouTube tutorials. I had other people's packing lists. I had, you know, forums. I dug into those for about a week and then week Mm. two, I was off. (laughs) And I just said to myself, Nikki, you've probably not packed the right things, but you can always just buy things along the way. You know? Yeah. I found out about um, Amazon general delivery, which everyone should know about, by the way, you can get anything posted to a post office for collection. Uh, and they will just keep it in a cupboard for you and you just show up. You don't have to have like a a, a mailbox or anything. I was wondering that actually, because as I was kind of, you know, over the last couple of days, I'm like watching some of your stuff and really diving in deep. And then you kept talking about all these Amazon and ordering another one and another. I'm like, where in the hell is she ordering these two? Like, what is that? That is so good to know if you're out of town. Yes. And for the longest time, I was just like, I asking friends of friends to collect packages for me. It was so, just, it was, there was no system to it. It was horrible. So yeah, once I found out about general delivery, it's actually like the way that people who live in RVs full time, like this is how they get their mail. And also people who are, you know, they don't have homes. That's how they collect their, you know, mail and correspondence. Oh, who knew? That's amazing. I'm gonna have to tell my parents about that because they actually, for my dad's work, they travel in an RV. And they'd never have a set place. So my mom will love that. And she can finally get all of her Amazon stuff (laughs) delivered somewhere. She can trust it to be delivered to. (laughs) That's good to know. I love that hack. Were you always someone like, did you grow up camping and being in the outdoors? No, I did. I'm not an outdoor girl. Isn't that not at all? I hadn't even. I would have never guessed. 
<laughs> I know. I know. I like I. I struggled initially because I didn't know how to set up a tent or like lighting a propane stove terrified me. I'm like, is this going to blow up if I do it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so one thing that did prepare me ahead of time for this trip uh, is that I had sort of, I, this is not the, the first motor camping trip that I had thrown myself into. The first one was a year prior. Um, my brother and I went to Mongolia and we spent three weeks um, on these little 150, these little Chinese bikes. They had like zero, oomph, but we took them off the, uh, across the step and we went camping and we just sort of lived off the land. And he knows what he's doing. So he was like my oh, lifeline. He would like teach me like, you know, how to tie things to the bike. I would just do like, you know, like a shoelace bow. And I'd be like, this is yeah. great. <laughs> like that's good. <laughs> Boop. Nothing. And he would be like, no. But he taught me a lot of that stuff on the trip. Um, and, and actually on that trip, it was funny. We, you know, we, we're brothers just, uh, we fought a little bit and we ended up separating on that trip and we, we just got into like a really silly classic, like brothers sister fight. We ended up spending a week apart. So that week I was alone in Mongolia camping in the middle <laughs> of nowhere. And I, I had to figure oh it out, God. you know, so yeah. knowing yeah. that I did that, I was like, look, you can do America. If you do Mongolia, you can do America. <laughs> they speak English. There's truck stops. There's For gas sure. stations every hundred miles. Like you can flag someone down. There's you know in Mongolia there'd be days where I saw yeah. no one at all. So that oh set me gosh. up with the confidence. Yeah, that is that's like a movie. I could just see that brother and sister. But that's like the perfect little mentorship. If you can do that, was, you're set. Yeah, he was like, he like gave me my little wings, and it was just like because it was out of necessity. Like we're both stubborn, <laughs> and uh, and we both decided that we couldn't spend another minute with each other. <laughs> so off we went, and it was exactly the push I needed. And you know, I think we both looked back on that and, and realized it was real like milestone. Um, and along this trip, I contacted him a lot, so he's a. You know, he does this sort of thing, you know, semi-regularly. He's been all around Australia and, and done the Outback. He's done, like, way more extreme stuff. And so I think he really, like, he was able to give me that, like, coherent advice around, like, practical ways to fix things. Like, he knew I didn't have stuff and that I didn't know how to do anything. So, you know, he would, like, guide me through, like, installing parts or, like, figuring out why my lights weren't working or, like, stuff like that, which, of course, you can Google but like you got to dig yeah. through so much junk on the internet. So just having like one person, um, that, that was helpful. So did you guys grow up like as a motorcycle family? Oh, I wish. Not really. <laughs> no, that would be fun. We um we never really did a lot of biking together, like as kids or anything. I was such a wimpy child. I would cry all the time. <laughs> I'd fall off one time. Uh, you know, a skateboard or wakeboard or whatever bike, and I would that would be it. I'd be done. <laughs> so um, I was kind of pathetic, so I couldn't join them with my brothers um, until I got to seventeen. Um, there was bikes in the garage, and I was like, "No, Nikki, you're gonna you're gonna try harder this time." And plus, I wanted to be I wanted to be cool. It was seventeen. I was like, yeah. "You're gonna do this. You're gonna get into jet." Bikes. Now's the time. Oh, now's the time. Like, who cares if you get yourself? <laughs> then you get a cool scar. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I was 17 by the time I, I jumped on my first bike. And by that time, my brother had, you know, like he was long, long gone doing his own thing. Since then, um, like, you know, we have done some rides and stuff. Um, I think 
I think I would describe myself as like the slowest person in the world, which can be really irritating <laughs> for people who enjoy, you know, getting places fast. Um, I know that that was like a sticking point in Mongolia. I was, I, ju I just can't wake up in the mornings. I'm now a morning person. So it was like getting started. And then on the road, I'm a scenic rider. You know, I pull over, take yeah. photos and I want to like, you know, get the shot. So I just messed yeah. around. I don't think I messed around. Other people claim I messed around. I like to think I'm just, <laughs> you know, taking in the moment. And actually, to be fair, that's yeah. why I, I travel best alone. <laughs> I, I totally appreciate that. I'm the same way. And my dad's that way. And there's times where I've sent my dad off with, you know, my husband and his friends to go on an adventure or whatever. And they're like, all right, why don't we put Troy in the next buggy? Like, he's just going to want to sit and take pictures because we're both just like, wait, stop, wait. Like, let's go there. But it makes it fun because um, those are when you like adventure off and then you have those moments and everyone's wanting this airdrop us their pictures. So, I mean, I was just going to say that it's the thing. they want it later, but they're not patient in the moment. But oh, right. it all comes back around. Yeah, it <laughs> does. Suckers, huh? <laughs> are you a get up slow, have your coffee in the morning kind of a girl? Yes, I'm so bad. Like, I just shouldn't say bad, but it got bad. Sometimes I wouldn't leave camp until the afternoon. So <laughs> I just, it's a sad thing I've discovered about myself that I really lack urgency, really, <laughs> um, which was fine for this trip because I, I kind of had this idea of like an infinite timeline. Uh, you know, if I liked a place, I would just stay and, you know, enjoy it. And the, getting up early, that started to be a problem when – it started getting into um, fall and winter because the sun would set at four o'clock. So I really had to switch things <laughs> up and just like have a strong talking to myself. I said, Nikki, you can't wake up so late, ride into, I would ride into the, the evening. So I would be riding at nighttime uh, and I liked that, but it's dangerous. You know, you end up uh, having to deal with deer, which, oh, man, I've never seen so many deer in my life. They, they love it when the sun goes down. They'll jump out in front of you, and you just have to keep your wits about you. I've seen some truly horrifying scenes where they've, they've lost against a truck, and you just have to ride through the carnage. It's really horrible. So driving at night became like a danger issue, and especially when I started to have electrical problems with my lights, my fog lights. Uh, so I had to just be more practical towards the end of the trip I, I had to rein myself in get to camp and then relax huh? instead of just stay at camp relaxing oh, that would be yeah, tough though because there's been times where yeah where we have really great camp spots and I'm like I don't want to leave did you find yourself staying an extra day or anything where you just really loved the spot you found all the time yes <laughs> and you know it happened it happened again it happened the most at the start because I felt like I had time what happened was I yeah. ended up paying the price at the end. What happened is I spent an incredible time, you know, it's 10 days or so in Washington, 10 days in Colorado, you know, 10 days in Oregon. And I ended up with one day in Texas. That's what happened. It was just like, I couldn't put myself in my position like six months from now where I, now I don't get to like really dig into, you know, other incredible states. You know, I actually had no regrets about it though, even though I sort of reprimand myself <laughs> retroactively. Um, because yeah. at the time, it's what I wanted to do. And if I had have not stayed, I probably would be sitting here saying, well, you know, I wish I had spent, you know, one extra day in Utah. Um, I think you just have to listen to your gut at the time. And if it's saying we're having a good time, well, what's the point of racing off to have another good time somewhere else? <laughs> 
Yeah, you don't know if it's actually going to be a good time just because you want to be there when you're actually having a good time. You were thrown into it and you were having fun and you were on no timeline. So why start giving yourself one (laughs) at that point? That that would be difficult. Yeah, yeah. And I was just coming off the back of like having, you know, had to wake up at 6.30 a.m. for years, you know, doing this job. (laughs) So I think I had just like, completely rebelled against like my alarm clock at that point (laughs) right (laughs) I don't blame you that sounds glorious really I mean it sounds nice you had a sweet little camp set up did you have the sweet camp set up right from the beginning or did you find yourself starting to get things along the way that you found that you really needed yeah um I definitely had like a solid foundation of gear And it wasn't, you know, necessarily the most expensive or the most fancy, but I did have a couple of things that I was like, I I need this from the start. So, um, you know, waterproof bags to keep everything from getting rained on was a really, really big one. Um, And inside those bags, you know, I had a great tent. Um, I'd done a bit of research on like the the essentials. So good tent, um, good sleeping bag, good sleeping pad. Uh, and a camp chair. That was like one thing that people always think they can live without. They go, oh, I'll save space. I'll just sit on the ground. You regret yeah. that. I tell everyone, <laughs> the last thing you want to do after traveling all day is sit on the ground. No. So um, <laughs> I had those <laughs> for sure. But then along the way, I would, yeah, I'd pick up little um, little things. So um, I'm just trying to think. I mean, definitely my favorite thing that I wish I had the whole time um, was a solar power bank. So, like, there's this constant, like, you have to keep this mental tally of, like, okay, where are all my devices at the moment? Are they, I know I need to charge my, my headphones. My GoPro needs charging. Um, I have a couple of spare batteries for my, you know, I don't know. I had a, I had a list. So I have, like, a, um, a satellite phone as well. So that was something I had to monitor. And every time things would get low, I need to make sure I'm charging them into my various power banks. But then my power banks would run out. <laughs> so um, I can charge things off my bike, which is fine, but my, my battery's actually pretty small. So I'd have this issue where if I had my fog lights on, I couldn't charge my power bank. It got to be kind of like an operation. <laughs> so I, um, I bought a like solar it. power bank. Yeah, I know. I was like, wait, this is like, this is too much thinking for my liking. So um, once I got the solar power <laughs> yeah. bank, I just left that in the sunlight as I was driving and it would charge itself. So that was, took like a load off. I was like, look, if you really get stuck somewhere for a couple of days and there's no wall outlets that you can use. Um, sometimes I've picked camping grounds that had electricity for that reason. Um, I felt like, oh, this is great. Like I can go off grid now and not have to stress out that like my satellite phone's not gonna work or like I've got no music, even worse. No, no podcast, what am I gonna do, think? <laughs> That's awful, <laughs> yeah. Be alone in my thoughts. <laughs> oh. No thanks. I mean, there's obviously no. plenty of time for that, but yeah, like just like not having the option. No. I'll, everyone needs to go check out like your YouTube, and I think your Instagram also has your videos where you because you break down like all your camping gear, right? Oh yes, I do. So that was one thing. Because I was doing this, like, as a person, like, sure, I've done one trip, but I by no means consider myself a professional. Like, I really had no knowledge <laughs> about, like, what the right way to to do, like, a motor camping trip is. And I also had no mechanical knowledge at all. So as I was learning, I would make videos. 
uh, to teach other people, like, not only, like, is it okay for you to do a trip like this and figure it out along the way, but, like, here's some of the things that I've found to be true. So um, I made a, a series called Moto Camping, which is, like, motorcycle camping. It's, <laughs> that's, uh, that's what we call it. Yeah. Uh, motor, motor Camping 101. And so I would do videos on, like, my I'd unpack all my bags and talk about, like, what I've got in there and how I packed it in because it's, like, a Tetris nightmare, <laughs> truly. Um, I'd talk about safety, like, how it is that I – because people are so curious. They're like, you're, what, you're a solo female traveling around America? Are you insane? Um, so I broke <laughs> all down all my safety measures. By the way, I do not carry a gun. I know everyone has got that question on their mind. No. Uh, I wouldn't <laughs> even know where to start with that. Um, and then I also did videos on like how I navigate and how I find a campsite um, and uh, and what I eat. People are so curious about, well, what do you have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? So I broke all that down. Uh, and it just gives people like, I think it's more accessible then because those are the sort of things where people start to go, oh, that's just too hard. Like, or I don't, I don't know enough, so I won't do it. So I, uh, I did the, the Motor Camping 101 series. I published that on YouTube and on Instagram. So on YouTube, um, I have a, an umbrella called Lunch Cutter Productions. So I, I like to make like fun, silly videos. And this is just like one branch of it, this motor camping one. Um, but then like dedicated to my trip, I started this Instagram uh, where I sh shared like daily updates and like photos of where I was. And I do these stories where like I would show these interviews that I was doing at gas stations or I just talk about like, you know, what a drag it was to put myself in this rain suit. I'd be filming myself in this pouring <laughs> rain, zipping myself up. Like, I really wanted, like, Instagram is so notorious for being like, look at my perfect trip. I really wanted to show people, like, no, there's awful days here. Like, there's so many times where, like, I'm, like, stuck on the side of the road. It's raining. My battery's flat. Like, my tire's popped. And I'm just going to, like, show you that this will happen and it's okay. You'll figure it out. So, Instagram was my like daily uh, medium and then I edit it all down and pop, pop it onto YouTube. I loved them and you became like my new favorite reality show. I'm like, where is Nikki? What is she doing? Is she good today? <laughs> What's happening? Because I loved seeing you tackle that because it's so true that Instagram can be such a highlight reel. And I'm the same way. I always love showing like the shit that happens because life's that way and it's so much more relatable and it really makes you feel better and when like everyone's got a story where you know the tires yeah. went flat or you've got an embarrassing outfit you have to wear but really you're really glad you're wearing it like I have the ugliest coveralls ever that I sit around the campfire at in the winter but I'm happy and I'm toasty and that's okay so I yes. I love that and I've everyone needs to go check that out and there was something that I saw that I was like this has my attention on your gear and I think you called it a hottie <laughs> yes. I was like, and you cuddle up next to it. Can you explain what that is? Because I was like, I need one. Yo, it is probably my greatest possession in my bag. Uh, <laughs> aside from my mat. <laughs> but my hottie, okay, so hottie is, uh, stands for hot water bottle. And it is a quintessential New Zealand uh, thing from our childhood. So uh, it is a rubber bottle. It's about the size of a a little bigger than a book and uh you fill it with boiling hot water and the rubber uh you know it can get really hot you know as a kid you would burn your feet on these things your mum would fill it up with hot water put the little plug in and throw it in your bed so every time you get into bed you'd have a nice warm bed 
Um, but these days, uh, people have added an accessory. Now you've got a little sweater that you pop over the rubber bottle and that keeps you nice and warm without the burns. So I, um, I bought one before I left on the trip because, uh, you know, keeping warm in these cold, like especially in the mountains, ooh, so cold. Mm-hmm. I had to think, well, what do I have? I don't have a microwave. You know, I don't, I need something that's going to, uh, uh, you know, like if you have like those little hand warmers and feet warmers, they run out after a few hours. This keeps you warm yeah. all night. You just boil up water and it can be any water. It can be like, it doesn't have to be drinking water. So I had access to that wherever I went. And uh, that would keep me warm every night. It was just like, I recommend everyone get one. Um, you can get them on Amazon. I'm thinking like I need to, <laughs> I need to brand them or something. That's just my favorite You thing. need to. <laughs> Because I was seriously, like, blown away. All the times, I I will buy one. Because I was so amazed. Because so many times, that's, like, my number one complaint. Like, I'm fun. I'm a bundle of fun until I'm cold. <laughs> and then it all goes downhill. And that's yeah. always my thing. And it, there's been times, you know, where we get up early in the mornings and we're out hiking or whatever. And we'll make those. Um, well, you know, you're probably familiar with them. Like, the dehydrated mills or whatever and they have that hot the hot thing in there where you put the water there's been times where it's been like so nice and warm after we eat it and we zip it up and it's still hot and so i'll find like a little bedding where probably a deer's laid and i'll curl up next around the little hot thing and take a nap and it's glorious and so that's what i envisioned when i saw the hottie i was like that is what i need (laughs) oh it is it is i wouldn't go anywhere without it but that's the thing. It's like no one's happy when they're cold. Like raining is okay because you just pop on the rain suit. You're good to go. But cold is miserable. It's miserable. Mm-hmm. And you can't last, you know? And, you know, no. you can, of course, you build a campfire. You pop on a sweatshirt, all of that. But, like, there's nothing like cuddling up to, like, a nice warm hottie. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love it. It's like everyone's favorite new boyfriend. Doesn't <laughs> complain about her feet boyfriend being cold. Target. that was one of my things i had never seen so i will be getting me a hottie because that was awesome what's some gear that you packed that you were like it's not worth it um so there's i've got one thing that i carried around across the entire country and i didn't touch (laughs) and i'm kind of glad i didn't it was this little mini shovel (laughs) <laughs> that you're, oh. you, you know, people encourage you to take to go toilet yeah. on the yeah. side of the road. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in a place like Mongolia, that would be necessary. But in America, there's enough truck stops and gas stations for you to not actually have to use it. But um, but I didn't know. I re- when I left, you know, people told me these stories of, like, you will drive for, you know, 150 miles and it is true there is some places in america where there literally is nothing for 150 miles but you know the chance of you need to take an, an urgent toilet <laughs> emergency you can hold you can hold i mean you have yeah. to be so desperate yeah. to dig a hole with a shovel wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been there that's um we were giggling because i have kids i have two boys and we watched the new door explorer came out I don't know if you're familiar with that. And there is a oh, song yeah. in there when she whips out her shovel and she's got a poo shovel <laughs> song. And we like lost it. Cause my husband's always like, nobody likes a surface shitter. <laughs> so <laughs> we respect the shovel, especially to carry. I mean, that's nice. You didn't have to. And to carry it all the yeah. way across and you never even needed it. 
Thank goodness. I mean, it's kind of good stuff. though, isn't it? Because imagine if I had used it once and then just carried it with me, <laughs> I'd be like, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, where to put that know. one, huh? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> You'll always look yeah. at the shovel differently. you know i actually i met um i I, so as i traveled i would occasionally meet people doing the same thing and uh it happened a lot in the early part of my trip like at gas stations because you see people with these motorcycles loaded up you know you can see their tent and it's not a day trip they're doing these like they're doing what you're doing and it's this cool moment where you're Mm -hmm. like wow like you're like me, yeah. and we just happen to, you know, pull into the same gas station, and there's just something really cool about that. And so that happened in Wyoming, and um, and we we chatted away, and he was telling me about how there was going to be a comet that night, and I said, oh, I'd love to see this comet, and he knew exactly what to look for. So we ended up, after like an hour of talking, we decided we'd camp together, and, you know, he'd be able to point out this comet. And as we were setting up camp, he built this campfire and he pulled out his shovel. And I said, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and he showed me, like, he, he, could, <laughs> he had a much better shovel than mine. His one had, like, all these <laughs> So he wasn't doing what I thought he was going to do. He, he pulled out the end and he lit the fire with it. It had, like, a, um, what do you call that? Where you, like, rub two rocks together and it starts the fire? Yeah. Yeah. He had a flint on his shovel, and so he lit the fire with his shovel. And then at the end of the night, he used his shovel to um, put dirt on top of the flames, which is actually that's what they say is the best way to put out a fire. So I was amazed. I said, "Wow, I could learn a thing or two here." Yeah. (laughs) See, you need an upgraded shovel. There's more than one use for a shovel. That is is too funny, though. Steroids. I was so impressed. Here I was with my crappy little no pun intended shovel (laughs) jealous of his his shovel did you find a did you camp with a few other people that you just kind of made friends with along the way yeah I did I did it happened uh, I think probably so the most memorable time was in Montana I say Montana now (laughs) Um, Montana I was at a Safeway car park and, uh, you know, if, you, if you're on the road, we all know, you go to the deli section, grab one of those delicious sandwiches and, you know, stock up, put them in the food bag. That'll save you from doing ramen that night. So I was doing that and I noticed this guy was doing the same. And um, we come out and lo and behold, of course, he's on a motorcycle loaded up with stuff. I'm on one too. We happen <laughs> to be at the same supermarket and um, we're chatting about campsites. So we often go, you know, I've been this direction, you've been that direction. Where do you recommend? Where should I stop? Like, what's good, what's not? So we're doing that. We're going opposite directions. And um, and I said to him, I'm going to go set this. I, I can see this little icon on my map. It looks like a tent. I'm just going to go there and hope for the best, which is honestly my strategy for camping every night. I'll just go there and hope for the best. And this hope lady overheard me. So she is, she's listening. You can see she's getting more and more intrigued. She's listening to us. We're sort of yelling at each other across several car, um, car parking spaces. We weren't next to each other. So she tunes in and she comes over. She says, oh, no, that campsite's terrible. Like, it's really close to, like, there's lots of wild bears and you shouldn't go there, blah, blah, blah. And so one thing leads to another. And we end up back at her place camping in her yard. <laughs> she's just, like old old lady and of course like uh, what's running through my head is oh my gosh this, this is the start of the horror movie of course we meet this like friendly old lady at a car park like well 
sorry, you said parking lot. <laughs> parking lot. We'll go back to her place, <laughs> and then we get murdered for sure. But um, we we go to her house, and it's like this really fancy like horse farm. So I was like, wow, okay. And she's actually like, you know what? You can stand my horse trailer float or whatever. I don't know what they call it, but it's like fully decked out with like a shower and like bedrooms and like a TV. It was just like, what? Nice. So that was just like a moment where it was like, wow, like this is an experience that you could only have if you had like a really open heart, open mind, and you like trusted in like mm. the kindness of people. That's not to say that like, that shouldn't raise some red flags given like a different set of circumstances. Like I probably wouldn't have done that alone, but you know, you sort of do get engaged for people and you really, you know, you build that trust and connection. Uh, it's, it's funny in like such small ways, isn't it? You sort of like gauge each other up through, through things you say and you know what, <laughs> well, you know what this guy had on his bike. I said, Oh, I can trust him. He's got a tent, you know, yeah. I've got a tent. He's got a tent. He's going to be fine. <laughs> You know, this woman, you know, oh, she's, she seems to be, you know, knowledgeable. I think I could probably trust her. But it's like, I look back on that and I think, when I tell that story, it sounds like a little bit insane. No, I think, I think that it is hard because we live in a 2020, but it's super refreshing to have those moments and to know there still is good people out there and you can still have that. And if you trust your intuitions enough, then, you know, hopefully... It is just like your experience and not the horror movie. Yes. But yeah, you would never have that anywhere else. No. And that's just very, yeah, like small town Montana. Yes, awesome. isn't it? Isn't it? No, it's, there's something so beautiful about the randomness and the kindness and the trust. And just like it is just a human experience. Ultimately, it's just a bunch of random humans connecting. Yeah, and I think it's hard. It's hard to have that. And I, I think it's cool that because of COVID and everything, it threw you into that. And you completely yeah. shifted. It sounded like from what you used to be to planning old Nikki probably would have never done that. <laughs> now spontaneous oh. Nikki. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It's like, I think there's also this, <clears throat> this fear when you come, when you immigrate to America, you think, Oh, this is, there's going to be so much danger. <laughs> Cause you, you, you are sort of, I, I wouldn't say, well, you're kind of paralyzed by the headline effect, right? This country just gets mm -hmm. a headline and it's always terrifying. Everyone's got guns. Everyone's, you know, about to murder someone. Um, and it's just not the case. So, like, letting go of that and realizing, like, I actually feel a lot safer here than I ever have. I'm going to just say it. In San Francisco, there's been plenty of times where I've felt like, ooh, this is not actually a safe situation. Uh, and I, you know, and I know mm. this city, I know these streets, I know where I am. And then you go out and you, and you don't know where you are and you don't know these people, but you know, there's, you can get that back, that feeling of like, oh, you know, it's not all bad. And yeah, we're in a pandemic and you know, the world is falling apart in a way, but amongst that is all these other storylines where, you know, humans are bros, <laughs> humans are bros. Mm -hmm. They are. It is. It's nice when you see your bro, you know, someone that's do, doing the same thing as you or like you just connect with somebody in the way that you, you know, your experiences or the things that you love. You're right. And then you can gather all these different bros. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Just like everyone you were saying. No, it does. It goes a long way. It's pretty cool that and through like technology, you can find that too.
Because mm-hmm. before there probably wouldn't have been very many like female motor campers. But have you found there's more people that are interested yeah. in it through Instagram? Yeah. I think that's like that's a huge motivation for me sharing this trip. Like I will be candid and say sharing this trip took a lot out of me. I'm not, I never set out with the social media uh, aspirations. And in fact, for the first month, I think I didn't post about it publicly. It was on my private profile. But when I started noticing people are interested in what I'm doing, and I think like also they were just bored out of their brains at home and locked down. So I thought I had a captive <laughs> audience. <laughs> but you know, I, I realized like <laughs> what I'm doing, it, even though like I would minimize it and say like, I'm just doing it, it, it is actually quite an unusual thing. And it should be shared because what it does is it shows people it's possible. And it also breaks down these misconceptions around like, you know, the dangers of solo female traveling, which yes, there is some, but there's plenty of ways to mitigate it and it should never be a barrier to entry. Um, and I just wanted to showcase that. I was so, once I started, I couldn't start right. I was so inspired and motivated just by the feedback I was getting, you know, you know, women were saying like, I've been wanting to do this forever, but I don't have anyone to do it with. Or, you know, I always thought, you know, this would be something, you know, that I'd maybe get to do later when I'm older or, you know, had more experience. Um, so that drove me to really start investing in like posting these stories and and being consistent. Um, and you know, in the beginning, my my biggest problem I think was like breaking down those misconceptions of like, what, what can we do? Like, what is it that we can do? You know, like as solo women, like I don't believe there's anything that we can't do. But initially, mm-hmm. when I didn't have um i guess the credibility i was just like well why don't you just watch and see why don't you see if i can do it instead of telling me i can't do it or like saying my bike's the wrong bike or that i've packed wrong or like you know that i'm in crazy uh why don't you just watch mm-hmm. <laughs> and after yeah. a while they yeah. shut up because they could see it was happening whether or not they thought it could happen it was happening <laughs> so that was like a good real, for like, you victorious moment i was like see yeah, people would say, oh, I would never let my daughter do this. <laughs> that sort of comment would just drive me crazy. I'm like, excuse me, sir, let your daughter do it? Like, you know what's happening? Your daughter's right. doing a whole lot of stuff and not telling you mm-hmm. is what's happening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she will do what she wants. I'm sure of it. Oh. Especially with that attitude. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, oh, I know. I'm the same way. I'm all about just doing stuff, too. It's like... Quit telling me all the things I'm doing wrong. And how about be like, you're doing it. You're fucking doing it. That's awesome. Like we learn along the way. Nobody became an automatic like professional at it. Like applaud her for doing it and give her tips. There's nothing wrong with being like, hey, suggesting this instead of just completely canceling something out. Oh my gosh. The I would I will say the unsolicited opinions drove me up the wall. <laughs> like oh. so that was the downside of social media. Like while I loved being able to like inspire and motivate and encourage women, just these like people they just wanted to tell me what they thought. And it wasn't always negative. Like some of it was really helpful, you know, like you need to take this road or mm-hmm. stop here and do this. But it like totally overwhelmed me. I was like, I had to balance the present moment, like the trip I'm doing with like all these ideas and some good advice, some bad advice, some opinions I hated, but like having to filter it all was a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a yeah. job, but I'm still glad that I was able to share it. Like despite that, I was just not expecting it. The internet is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. And when you're like, I don't know if anyone will listen and then you start sharing and then they 
art and they're full of opinions, it's hard to filter that and kind of just keep doing you. But it sounds like you're doing yeah. doing a great job of that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it sort of started like my motivation towards the end. I was just like, oh, I just need to finish this trip. Um, Get it done. My, Get it done. Um, you know, I started, I, I put on hold a lot of editing. I'm creating episodes on YouTube. So I wanted to do a, an episode per state where I really was able to like, like dive into like the meat of like, what is it? What is the state all about? Like what defines it? What people live here? I mean, what's the industry? And in the beginning, I was doing a ton of filming and talking with people and visiting sites. And I got all this footage and then it became like this, it's just too much of a task to edit it. So I said, well, once you get into your isolation facility, which I'm in now, I'm, I'm back in New Zealand, um, I will do all of this editing. And so I have like five terabytes of data to take through. Wow. And at this point now, I don't even want to say it because I'm, I'm, I'm going to jinx it, but I'm, oh, my, my hard drive's corrupted. <laughs> so I, at the moment, I can't edit anything. I know. And that there is just like the universe, like having the last say, like you, you spent so, so much time trying to balance living in the moment and filming and capturing and sharing. And now you've gotten to the end and you don't have any of that footage. Like, haha. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm all <laughs> I'm, I don't even care if it, if it, if I can get it recovered and I can get a data specialist to to pull it out, then that's a sign. But right now I'm like, don't even stress about it. One thing you've learned from this trip is like, there's so many things you don't get to decide. So don't bother worrying about it. You know, like being sad yeah. isn't going to change it. That's true. Yeah. You still had an amazing trip. You had so much alone time with yourself, really. Is there something that you learned about yourself that you didn't see coming? Um, I think I was definitely surprised by just my ability to problem solve, like, cause you have to, and it didn't, I didn't spend mm. any time thinking about it, but when you're in the situation, it's sometimes surprising to see like put under pressure, like, man, I actually can figure stuff out. Like I knew instinctively what the best thing to do was in a situation, you know, like when I got this first tire, it was you know, eight o'clock at night, the sun was setting. And I had no service, but I had my satellite phone. I'm, you know, messaging my friend to call a tow truck. My insurance company is just, they were the worst. They were easily like the low light of my trip, my insurance company. Um, <laughs> shout out to Markel. I've canceled my policy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, that aside, I was, I was not going to get picked up for a long time. That was clear to me. There was no tow truck coming anytime soon. Uh, and I was on the side of a busy road. People could see I was alone. Uh, I had just my motorcycle and there was grizzly bears. So just to throw that in. And I was, it was so surprising because I felt this like wave of calm. I'm like, okay, you have this set of circumstances. What can you do? So I put on a big jacket. I put on a beanie. I didn't want people to under, like be able to see visually I was a female. Um, I, you know, pulled the bike all the way over. I got my bear spray out. I had my little holster. You know, I had... Um, I had this big sort of LED light that I, and I, I didn't have it on because I don't want people to see necessarily that I was with the bike. And I just sat in a bush and just sat there for like four hours. And I was just sitting there and I was like, great, this is exactly what you need to do. You know, like, and when the tow truck comes, you'll hear it, you'll pull out your light, you know, you'll be able to go out and like get the help you need. But for, for right now, this is exactly what you need to do. Sit in this bush with your best spray with your coat on and like you're, you're as safe as you could ever be. 
Mm. And that was cool because I was like, damn, like I would have freaked out if I had known this was coming. But just feeling like you can, you will find a solution and it might not like be the most glamorous or the one that like feels complete, but you'll do the best you can and like you can trust yourself. That was cool. Yeah. And then when you come out the other end of it, you're like, fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> like so yeah, like proud of yourself. That's right. Yeah, we're like, you know how you always think like, oh, there could be like a zombie apocalypse anytime now. Like there could be like, you know, the next pandemic. Like you want to be able to know that like, oh, I could survive at least a couple of days. So like, <laughs> you don't have to get the opportunity to test out like, you know, that fight or flight response or like freeze. Like when do you get to just like test mm -hmm. out? Like would I be able to like rely on myself? <laughs> so now I'm like, yeah. yeah, I could do a couple of days at least. I'm glad you'll make it a couple days. <laughs> Did you run into any like interesting creatures? Oh my God. I got three spider bites, not at the same time, but all, all of them on my face. And I woke up really? in the morning with these fat. So I had a fat eye. It was so swollen that I couldn't um, drive because I couldn't perceive depth. I couldn't open it so that was terrifying the first time it happened because <laughs> I was like is this permanent like I also look <laughs> mad like I can't just like walk around like people would think I had been beaten up <laughs> so I called my cousin who's a nurse and she was like look just get yourself on the antihistamine she'll be fine uh and then the second time it happened it was again on the eye so at that time I was old hat I just put on some sunglasses and rode out the storm on my antihistamine <laughs> and the third time a spider bit me on the lip so that time my whole like left side of my face swelled up but I could at least drive so that was yeah. horrible I don't wish a spider bite to the face on anyone much less in the middle of the night when that thing is still in your tent <laughs> Um, so that was one. And the other uh, animal I got to experience um, was coyotes. So I was camping. I was alone. So in the National Forest Network, you can put a tent anywhere you want. It doesn't have to be a campsite. You just literally, like, ride into the forest and throw a tent out wherever. There's some limit around, like, how close you can camp to waterways. But, like, I, yeah, you should just put it wherever because there's no one there. So I had my tent like in the middle of the forest in South Dakota and I thought I heard some people having a party. It was like lots of laughing. And I was like, oh my God, this is so rude. Like I've driven all the way into the middle of nowhere and these people are camping <laughs> next to me having a party. <laughs> and I was like in my tent, like kind of mad about it. Um, and I just couldn't sleep because they kept on getting louder and I felt like they were getting closer. And they were because they were coyotes and coyotes sound like laughing humans. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I found that out the next day when I, I complained about it to someone at the gas station and they were like, yeah, there's a ton of coyotes around here. <laughs> that was fun. That is too funny. Yeah. And to be all like, come on, people, keep it down. You're like being all butthurt about it in my tent, like, oh, like, God, that's so inconsiderate. <laughs> yeah, nothing like nothing like a bear. I don't have anything like that. I did, oh, I did see a snake, a snake in North Dakota, which is exciting for me because New Zealand doesn't have any creepy crawlies that can kill you. Like we don't have snakes, we don't have bears. Our biggest animal is a deer, so we just don't have any of those like you know exotic yeah. animals at all. Yeah. So the snake was exciting to you. Was you didn't see any I along the roadways. I was just gonna say actually one did slither out in front of me i was like 
living in fear that I would run it over and it would bite my foot. <laughs> it's like a large... Uh, or like flip like, up at you. Oh my god, it does happen, doesn't it? Like they can get stuck yeah. in the wheel. <laughs> oh, oh lord. <laughs> oh. That would no, be terrifying. I've heard of people, because we've seen them a lot driving, obviously. And in Utah in the summer, they'll go out and lay on the roadways to, like, digest their food. So I'm super shocked you didn't see them just laying out in the road and all the times you've traveled. But I I've know. also heard of people back, like, well, in I think it was in the south somewhere. And maybe someone's just totally feeding me full of shit. But they were driving and it <laughs> fell out of a tree onto the windshield. <gasps> Could you imagine? No. Worst nightmare. I don't have a windshield. <laughs> just fall on me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> things to consider next time you're driving underneath a tree. This is the beauty of not knowing. Like when you do I a know, crazy I'm thing, you don't do any research. <laughs> you actually have, this is the beauty of ignorance. Ignorance is bliss. And I really believe totally. that. Like the less you know, mm -hmm. the happier you are. Like those like rocket scientists are miserable. <laughs> they know too much. <laughs> they do. You're right. I mean, I, yeah, I don't want to know how it all ends. They know. Um, so yeah, some <laughs> trees. Actually, in Missouri, I did meet some ladies at a campground who told me about water moccasins, which truly sounds like my worst nightmare. Like I would, I, I can just imagine like spontaneously vomiting if I saw them. Like I couldn't. And people were just out swimming. This is in um, Lake of the Ozarks, where there's piranhas too. Like people, I feel like people in America, especially like in those like southern states or like the hotter states, like they're fearless. They're fearless yeah. the way that they choose. Or a different kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she was like, yeah, no, the moccasins, when it rains, like, they come out of the water and they climb the trees. She said the same thing. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, I didn't know there was piranhas in the Ozarks. Apparently, I don't think there's like a lot of them, but like, are you really going to take but a risk still. go, go wakeboarding <laughs> in that? No, get out of here. <laughs> uh, for real. They're just used to it, I guess. I don't know, not this girl. Oh, goodness. No sorry. Again, the more you know, it's not always The more good. you know, the more you know. Yeah. Did you eat a lot of fast food while you were over here? Cause it like yeah. well, cause when you first got to America, were you like, ooh, did the fast food? Oh, opposite. I was like, oh my gosh, it's just like the movies. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, like theorist. And I, I love like I, I, I shouldn't say I love stereotypes, but I do like it when like you know not bad stereotypes. I like like yeah. when like when a it meets old it. classic trope like comes to life in like a way that hurts no one. So things like diners, like American diners, I grew up watching movies and I was obsessed with them. We don't have that in New Zealand. Like we have a McDonald's drive-thru and that is it. <laughs> so the concept <laughs> of a diner was just like, it still thrills me. Like when I see one and they're open and it's not like COVID time, I'm there. Like it is breakfast, lunch, yeah. and dinner if I have my choice. Now, <laughs> now I've put on a ton of weight, six months on the road eating fast food and boiled ramen turns out it's not great for the waistline <laughs> or the face <laughs> whatever i'm gonna deal with that in the new year um, yeah but favorite, <laughs> favorite diners easily jenny's love jenny's love waffle house and um oh you know bojangles is up there too 
Yeah. Oh, I haven't had that. I need to try that. Haven't made my way there yet. Did you make anything fancy at camp to eat? Oh, like okay. lots of ramen so, and brats. Yo, yo. So the when you're talking about the sausages, right? Yeah. Is that what you brats? Okay, so that is what I would consider fancy. Like this trip basically was a vegetarian tour because I couldn't one, I couldn't really carry around meat unless it was like I guess like jerky or something, or those sausages, <laughs> which are like <laughs> random miscellaneous meat sticks. Let's be honest. Um, but those would attract animals. So like once I started like realizing like, oh, I have a smelly bag of meat carrying around with me, the, like the risk to animals coming and sniffing around in the night was like tenfold having that. So obviously I wouldn't like leave it in my tent, but I don't want them around my bike or even like when I would tie my stuff up in a tree, um, you know, like I could just, I was happy to go without meat. So when I say like a fancy meal, it would be like, ooh, okay, so I'm going to be at this campsite for like two days. So I will like, I'll get a little pack of hot dogs, <laughs> treat myself, <laughs> um, or eggs. Eggs is like, oh, because it was like mm. fresh food. You know, I was eating dry, like freeze-dried pasta and top ramen from Dollar General. Shout out to Dollar General, by the way. They they should have sponsored my trip. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I feel like I didn't see a vegetable for six months. And my mother was like freaking out. She's like, You're going to come back so unhealthy. So like once she gave me that pep talk, I was like, okay, I'll get like canned vegetables and add them to my ramen. <laughs> but yeah, it was like the least, that was like the one thing where I was like, I feel like I've had so much growth, like personal, personal growth and like mental <laughs> growth and emotional growth. But like food, oh no, my body like is not a temple. <laughs> since we're talking about snacks and camping food one of my go-to things this is gonna be no surprise to you guys is mountain ops what i love i love their ammo their protein bars oh my gosh they're so good those are perfect to throw in your pack have in your car keep the kids from getting hangry you know what i mean if you've been following lately on stories you're seeing that mom is trying to cut back on the wine and i've been doing my mountain ops slumber my sleepy cider. I'm telling you, it's a game changer. I've never felt more recovered at night. I've never slept better. And I'm somebody whose mind always is racing, especially like tired all day. And then you go to lay down and you cannot fall asleep. Slumber will seriously knock me out in about an hour after drinking it. Mix it with a little bit of my collagen peptides. And then I've got 20 more grams of protein in. Um, hi, summer's coming. Mommy likey. <laughs> I also love their Mountain Ops Ammo. It's a low-carb protein meal replacement. It's got 18 grams of protein. It helps support weight loss. It has four and a half servings of real fruits and vegetables per serving. It sounds like Nikki's mama probably would have liked her to be drinking a little bit of this. <laughs> and one of the most important things is it tastes amazing. Mountain Ops have so many incredible supplements and apparel. What I love even more about this company is they are just good people, a company with core values, a company worth supporting. With each purchase, 2% is given to conservation and they conquer hunger. One nutritious meal is prepared for a child in need. That right there is worth supporting. So if you want to take a look at our favorites, feel free to click the link down in the description or in the show notes or go to thereckoningpodcast.com forward slash mountain dash ops. That's the reckoning podcast.com forward slash MTN dash OPS. All right, let's get back to Nikki. Are you going to be doing another trip like this? 
oh my gosh, I feel like a trip like this. Um, no, but I'm going to do something like the tiny little baby brother of it. So I, um, I'm in New Zealand now. I mentioned that earlier. I came home for Christmas. So it's been a couple of years since I, uh, you know, I was back in New Zealand um, for a decent amount of time. And with, with COVID ramping up, like it seems like the never ending circus that, that will not mm-hmm. stop. Although like, let's hope the vaccine's in the pipeline. Anyway, I was like, I'm getting out of here. The trip is done. It's winter. Um, I can't ride my motorcycle even if I wanted to. Uh, I came back about a week ago and the New Zealand government has put us into um, quarantine hotels. It's like a mandatory thing when you come across um, and a flight. So it's a uh, 14 day, it's a five star hotel. Quite the change from my tent. Um, I'll bet. It's very nice. And it's all paid for by the government too, which blows people's minds. It's, um, it's the reason why this country is in like a state of normalcy. I think I'm saying that right. Normalcy. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no community cases. They're all getting caught at the border. So that means I can have a normal summer. There's festivals. There's a ton of, um, you know, like little community events. Um, everyone's gotten into camping. So um, I'm going to jump on that wagon. And I'm going to take um, my, my dad's whatever he uses motorcycle. And I'm going to do a trip around New Zealand. Fun. So um, I can't say it's the same kind of trip because this country's so little. But it's, I think, also going to make it even more enjoyable because it's not going to feel like an elephant that I'm tackling. I'm just going to do like an island at a time. And my biggest motivation, I think, is like showing people this beautiful country. It's just so stunning. And it'll be like, you know, if people can't travel here, well, I'll try and do my best to, you know, at least allow them to travel virtually with me. I am extremely excited about that because I've always wanted to go to New Zealand. So I am excited to see you travel it and be able to do it through camping and everything in the summer. Yeah, I know. I brought all my gear with me. So all of my like motor camping gear I had in the States came on the flight with me. So I'm just like ready to go. As soon as I'm released from my little hotel, I'm good to go. I want to hit the road again. But, you know, my mom, she's like, (laughs) she called me. She goes, Nikki, you can't, you can't take a motorcycle around New Zealand. I was like, what? I'm like, Jeff, we America. <laughs> she goes, oh, no, New Zealand's far too dangerous. <laughs> Which I like, couldn't wrap my head around. I was like, mom, yeah, I hate to break you, but America <laughs> yeah, America's a little bit more dangerous than New Zealand. But um, <laughs> I think she just really wants me to be at home for a little bit. So I will, do, mm. I will definitely you know, spend some family time. Um, with mom and Christmas and I've also got niece, twin nieces coming on the scene in, in March. So mm. lots of family time in between motorcycle time. And then I need to get a job. I know plenty of your listeners will be like, wait, hold on. How is she even doing this? Where's the money coming from? The money's getting low. You <laughs> can't be, <laughs> be helped, but like, you know, I'm staying with my mom and definitely there will be a job in my next future out of necessity. What is it that you do? Are you into like videography? Yeah, videos are just a hobby of mine. I actually studied oh, audio right. engineering, which is so random. I never really got into that line of work. And looking back, I wish I'd studied film. Um, I actually landed, you know, as life does, it throws you these like, it pushes you in directions. I ended up doing HR. So I, my specialty was onboarding um, new hires. So it's such a niche that I kind of have to, if I want to get back into that, I need to work for a larger company that has like a need for that. 
Um, but that being said, I've actually had a few opportunities come up um, in the motorcycle industry. So I've been applying for a few, um, you know, like lines of work, working for companies that, you know, like do products and, and parts. And I think like maybe it'd be time to branch out and, and leverage this like incredible passion that was a, a hobby and maybe see if I can make it into a job. We'll see. Yeah, you do. I'm excited to hear how that goes for you. That could be yeah. that could be really cool. And I definitely think there's something there. That's oh, why the timing. If, if anyone has any jobs, hit me up, Kiwi Cruzette on Instagram. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm in no hurry to get nice. back on that rat race wheel because, you know, when you get on it, it's a little hard to get off. The only reason I got off was because I was pushed off. <laughs> Yeah, and if you don't need to hurry back on it, enjoy it while you can. I see it. Is it Mrs. Potato Head behind you in quarantine? Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, I'm on the eighth floor of a hotel, and I overlook the exercise yard. And I try to make it fun by leaving messages on my window. All the other people do, like, they do, like, little, oh, that's so cute. They do um, Hanukkah. Is it Hanukkah or Hanukkah? Hanukkah. Monica candles these like kids who do like drawings and um people are counting down you know like the prison thing where they do like the line four lines and across <laughs> the hash marks <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah so i'm doing a countdown but i also have a mrs potato head and i change her outfit every day um just oh. to like keep things i try to keep myself um as like so for the longest time she was just holding a wine glass and i was like this is sending the wrong message to everyone exercising so in the daytime, I put little glasses on her so that she's working and she doesn't get her wine glass until four o'clock, which is actually also me trying to subliminally, subliminally tell myself to try and keep some sort of um, a schedule while I'm in here. Because this is like cabin fever. Let me tell you, you could do absolutely yeah. nothing to watch TV all day if you weren't <laughs> trying to, you know, put the glasses on, do your chores, check your email. Yeah. Call mum, and then at four, you know, you can have a little sip of wine. This is my Mrs. Potato Head logic. Some for her, some for me. <laughs> and some for the neighbors as well. They get to, we, we write notes to each other. So we get the same meals, and we'll, I'll put a little message. How good was that chocolate cake? I'll put it on the window, and they'll reply <laughs> on a note on theirs. Yeah, yeah. texting. For, but hey, um, it's probably got to feel really good to be able to shower and in a bed after six months on the road too oh it is like luxury beyond belief shower bath bed laundry whoa i'm not like for the six months i was wearing the three same outfits and i just oh they got to the point where i was like i don't care if i never see this t-shirt again in my life also i need to wash it like it was yeah a bit but that's, that's the price you pay isn't it <laughs> some of those yeah. luxuries they go go out the window but yeah i'm enjoying it here very much so and uh and plenty to look at i'm in auckland city so i'm right in the heart of a, a big city i say a big city knowing that like people will laugh at that it's one million people <laughs> it's a lot in new zealand <laughs> and it feels like a lot when you've been out by yourself too but i guess you've traveled through all the other cities Oh, I tried to avoid them, actually. God, cities are the worst when you're on a motorbike and you're trying to find a campsite. I stayed out. But, you know, every now and again, you got to go in to get supplies or parts or whatever, and you're just kind of reminded, like, that's right, it's, there's a pandemic. Like, this is not a normal mm -hmm. city, you know? Like, it was a, quite a sad thing. 
seeing the state of cities, yeah. but um, hopefully that's not for long. I'm, I have high hopes for 2021. Do you? Do you feel good about it? Yeah, I do. I, I do. I think it'll be good. And I think we've all learned a lot and it's been fun to watch people kind of adapt to what life's thrown at them. Clearly, like your story is awesome. I didn't know that's how you got started. So yeah, it's cool to see how everyone kind of, you know, hopefully has adapted and made something better of it. A shitty situation, I guess. Yeah. yeah. No, it's been cool to see like the entrepreneurship that's come out as well. Like people making businesses, like little side hustles. And I think also people like embracing more of like a um, YOLO attitude because I'm like, well, I yes. could die any day. They're like <laughs> jumping into those like dreams in a way that like they probably were putting on the back burner for a little while. Maybe they thought, wait until like the time is right. So that's been really, really cool to see. People are like living. And of course, there's plenty of people that that aren't. <laughs> that needs to be acknowledged. Yes. But like, for those who can, who have the resources and like they're able to, it's been like, it's just been like the kick in the pants they needed. And I think everyone's kind of been like, you know what? Screw like perfecting it, something, just doing it. Yeah. yeah. Was something because I know you were asking people as you would go through. And ask them, what is the American dream or what does that mean to you? Did you find a common answer or theme? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yes. Americans are so <laughs> funny. I, I I, think that the fact that I asked them with an accent too, like they really wanted to like make sure that like I knew like the American dream equals freedom. <laughs> and like driving thought, at like, home. Freedom. We believe in freedom. And I, I love that. I think it, there's something just like so quintessentially American about this concept of freedom however what that looks like for people is so different you know and you could notice it because you know in nevada they would nevada they would say freedom you know it's i can go and blow up fireworks anywhere i want you know or shoot my guns off or whatever dig a well they love digging wells out there um that was freedom to them <laughs> um but you know in other places it was like it was you know different and of course like cities are different from the country. So if I was in mm -hmm. a city, you know, the freedom would just be like the, you know, it would be more pandemic related or Black Lives Matter related, you know? Um, and of course, you know, it depended on the type of person I was asking, you know, if, you know, if they were black, they would always, you know, that would be a very, very important um, part of the, the American dream. Well, does it exist for everyone? Some people wanted to get into that. Um, and it was always surprising actually to, to see how people would open up. Um, because I was a stranger with a camera in their face. But um, <laughs> overall, people, I would say, are very, very... Once you show a curiosity, I think that there's some people that have been waiting to be asked, um, not just about the American dream, but I would ask them, you know, what's it like to live here? Like, how would you define Ohio? Like, what, what would you say mm -hmm. is something special about South Carolina? And when they're given that opportunity to, like, be like, they would always... For them, I met one or two people that hated where they lived, which is hilarious. <laughs> but for the most part, they're like, people, "Take me with you." Yeah, <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> Some people are like, "Wow, I feel like you have just where have, like you're built for TV." Like this guy in New York, I don't know if you. Oh my god, he had just flown in from a flight from China where he proclaimed he was a, um, an author. And he had just sent his manuscript to his agent in Paris, <laughs> and I had the camera on him. And he and I said, "Oh wow, okay, where can we find your um your writing, like poetry, whatever, or novels?" He pulls out this scroll of Chinese calligraphy, <laughs> and it was like just characters. And I was like, 
wow, like, how did I find you? And, you know, he told me all about how he wanted to uh, move to Korea and find a wife, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, I literally haven't met you for two minutes. And I now know a lot more about, you know, what makes you tick. And it's different from the next person, the next person, which just sounds silly to say out loud. Of course it is. But, like, give people the opportunity yeah. to express themselves and they'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's super true. Everyone needs to go and totally see your adventures and your interviews with people. Because I think, didn't you start in Nevada? Is that where you started? I did. I did. It's and I was watching that and watching everyone be like, yeah, like to go back and blow stuff up. Like, it's just so funny. And then the Mormon crickets and <laughs> her husband's all but <laughs> burning down the cabin. And it it is. It's so fun to see all the different people that you meet along the way. So I definitely yeah. encourage everyone, you have to go watch because it is so fun. And it's so fun to watch you put up camp, take it down, eat. And all the footage you get is insane. I love watching your drone footage of you cruising. It's oh, cool to see yeah. that view. Yes, I know. The drone is, I think it's like, it, that's what makes me look like I'm more professional than I am. <laughs> but it, it's so cool because it gives context. You're like, wow, like I can see she's set up a tent, but like, really, where is she? And when you zoom out, it's like, oh, you know, she's like on the edge of like yeah. a white sand beach, you know, in Nebraska, which is so crazy that that exists. Lake McConaughey, Nebraska's best hidden secret. But like without that perspective, it's like, oh, well, she could just be anywhere. Yeah. Um, and I, I could set it to track as well. So it could follow me while I was riding on my bike, which is like. Oh, cool. So cool. Trippy. Yeah. Very trippy. Technology. I have to be careful though, because I'm like trying to pilot it and drive like it's, it's following me but like <laughs> you just have to be you drive extremely slow and then you just speed up the footage later to make it look like another snail <laughs> <laughs> so you're not going as fast as it looks and uh, i just put some cool action music and everyone thinks like something more exciting is happening um yeah and like i'd have to pick roads that were like not, not busy and you know be really careful mm -hmm. about like traffic and i think people will be probably a little <laughs> i'm always worried about the drone having this perception of me being like a creep so like I, i'm very oh. i try and manage that because i'm like i don't want people to think like if i put it up at a campsite like these people have come here to probably escape from the rat race have a bit of privacy and then oh this person's got their drone up like so i try <laughs> to not be that guy um but, Much appreciated. Yeah, really, we have had one come over camp before, and we're like, "What are uh, you doing?" And then it like yeah, goes away, like, and then it comes back, and I'm like, "Can you I not mean, be famous, like some citizen?" But then, like, of course, you put your hat on, you've got your simple hat, you go, "Oh, it's the government! Like, they've come, they've found, you know, whatever's happening." But like, it it does have that kind of air of like it's intrusive. So I just pick a place where I'm by myself mostly. I think that's best camping too. I always think that best. Well, tell everyone what you've got coming up and where we can find you. The next um, project will be saving these hard drives and then editing each of my states. So like you mentioned, I have um, Nevada. I call it uh, Kiwi Cruzette and the Search for the American Dream. That's what my series is called. So it's on YouTube and I, um, I've released one. The others will be in the pipeline with the caveat of this data being recovered, it's going to happen. Send out all the good vibes for me. So that's mm -hmm. step number one. Step two, um, once I'm out of my little uh, quarantine hotel, I will be um, starting to pack and schedule um, 
like a rough route around New Zealand. So um, I'm thinking January, February, I'm going to take a motorbike around the North Island and the South Island and start to showcase like some of you know the most beautiful spots around this country. And I'll be popping that on my Instagram, which is Kiwi Cruzette. Uh, and my YouTube channel is Lunch Cutter Productions, or with an American accent, Lunch Cutter Productions. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good job. Like, what is a lunch cutter? Wow. <laughs> it's the New Zealand slang. It's not completely out of left field, but oh. um, it's also just hard to get a good handle on YouTube these days. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering that. I'm like, lunch cutter. There's a story or something behind that. Wait, do you want me to tell it? I was like, I won't say anything because people can Google it. Do you want me to tell you what a lunch cutter is? Well, yeah, I kind of. <laughs> if not, I'm going to Google it when I get off because now I'm like, now I'm curious. <laughs> I love how you left it hanging. I was like, oh, no one wants to know. Okay. Yeah, no, we want to it. know. <laughs> okay. It's, um, so a lunch cutter uh, is a person, usually a person, um, I suppose, no, it's always a person, who, who takes something that's yours. So um, it, the classic use of the word lunch cutter is with relationships. So, like, if I'm um, talking with someone at the bar and, like, spend all night, like, chatting them up, and my friend comes along and, like, and gets in there and like pulls that person away from me i would call my friend a lunch cutter like you've cut my lunch dude ah. <laughs> so but it could happen with like a job as well or like an opportunity like oh like i applied for that job and like you got it you cut my lunch so <laughs> you're a lunch cutter so there's nothing at all to do with the content but it's just like a silly thing that we call each other um and it's often you know like it's just a bit of fun and yeah oh, like i'm gonna start using it <laughs> You're such a lunch cutter, bro. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great little insult. <laughs> it is. No one will know yeah. but me. Yeah, well, you and all your millions of listeners. And, and all of all of the millions of them. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to use it. I'm so excited that we had you on. I hope maybe we can do like a part two after you make your way through New Zealand. That would be super awesome. See what you learned now that you're a professional. That would be cool. Actually, yeah, I've got a differs. question for you before we go, because um, okay. as you know, I was asking um, all the lovely people I met in America, what is the American dream? Now, what would you want to know about the people who live in New Zealand? What should I ask? I'll put you on the spot a little bit. but Yeah, you have a little bit. I guess we don't really have an equivalent. What makes them like so proud to like be in New Zealand? I don't know, but that's like the same as like the but American dream. Yeah, I guess it's just like we don't have like that phrase. Like we don't say like, "Oh, this is a right. dream." Um, but like essentially, it's still an interesting question, right? Like, what makes you? It is very to interesting. Here, like, why do you like living here? Why also, do you stay? <laughs> at the moment, it's because we can't leave. Like people. Yeah, because no one. Well, twenty twenty. Go COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little pandemic. <laughs> To be fair, Ooh, I'm going to have to think on that. Yeah. No, I mean, not a lot of people want to leave right now, but yeah, it's like, okay, let, get back to me. I'm very, I, I, I guess I'm like, I'm curious to know what other people want to hear about because going around my own country is going to be a little different, right? Because yeah. it's not that same level of like, I want to say ignorance, but like that definitely helped because people felt like they were like educating me. A little bit. They were like, oh, yeah. she doesn't know. I'll tell her. Because <laughs> if I go around New Zealand, it would be like, oh, what do you want to know? <laughs> you live here too. 
Um, even though I don't, yeah. it's not going to sound sound as impactful. So let me know. No, I like that because even when you had asked that, like the American dream, it's like being here. We've always heard that, but having you ask it and being like, "Oh, it opens up that conversation." Yeah. So that's going to make, I'm yeah. going to be in a deep dive later because I haven't looked at New Zealand in a while <laughs> and see what sparks my interest. Then I'll yeah. email you. Okay. This so, sounds yeah. good. I wish I had more insight. Nah, I mean, that's a tough question. I was kind of throwing you in with that one. I mean, I, I think really all you need is just like, you just need to open a door with someone. And like, whatever they say is going to be interesting because you're getting a snapshot into their way of thinking. It doesn't ultimately like the yeah. content doesn't matter as much as just like them feeling com- feeling them feeling comfortable enough to let their personality shine and like i think that's what's so right. appealing right you're like wow like this tiny window into another person's existence <laughs> and it's always so based on like the situation where you are too because i feel like that varies so much into what you're asking it's which i'm so sure you true. found just going from state to state Yes. Yeah, totally. I mean, people would feel like, yeah, a lot more comfortable. It would, yeah, depend on the situation. Like if, if I had pulled up, you know, at like an eatery and we had been sitting next to each other at a table and we'd already built up a rapport, you know, like they would feel so much more comfortable than like if I'm just filled up with gas and I'm like, hey, like I'm, you know, they would yeah. always approach, like they, I, I never cold approach people. People would often come up to me and just like inquire as to what I was doing. <laughs> and then I would be like, hey, any chance you would like to like, talk on camera um that would be like you know people because i think we're a little bit wary about like wait how's this going to be edited i don't want to look like an idiot <laughs> so i have to yeah. like, reassure them like there's no got you like there's no moment where like you're going to be like portrayed as like anything other than like exactly who you are um and and with that in mind like i would always keep it like positive like i'm not i edit out any like anything like controversial or political like i'm not mm-hmm. this is not what i'm doing right now <laughs> So I just didn't yeah. show stuff where I did it always like there's the opportunities for people to devolve into whatever like rabbit hole they wanted. Um, and so that keeping like in mind, like what's the end goal? Like it's not to defame people or like put them in a position where like people are going to think less of them, you know, unless mm-hmm. like that is truly like what's happened. Then, <laughs> that's what's happened. then that is what it is. <laughs> be interesting to see how that goes differently i have like um (laughs) i have a task for you before you get out of quarantine i feel like you need to hit up one of those army boys you need to give him like your best line (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, so I have been posting on my Instagram that I'm a huge perv because there's nothing else to do in this in this quarantine except for look out the window at the we have in New Zealand we have this the army, the air force and maybe the navy, they're all working together to guard the facilities. So we've had a couple of escapees, which was it's a bad reputation for us. Like for the most part, we are good inmates. But these um the army boys are a sight for sore eyes. It's such a treat. But I'm also feeling like a huge creep, and like I would never like say anything. It's also like a little illegal because we have to be like socially distanced, six feet apart, masks on. Like we can't even smile at each other. Like my smile is how I like win people over, and that's like my best weapon has been. <laughs> disarmed and you can't so, all i can do is like <laughs> tap on the window which i don't do by the way but like yeah um i did think about putting my instagram handle on my window and then i was like nikki you don't want all these randos that are in isolation with you hitting you up <laughs> <laughs> it could get interesting how many days you have left well i've just checked my window on day nine day nine so Ooh. what is that 14 days i've got 9 10 11 12 13 Six you days, including left. today. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad, huh? And I've done COVID tests as well, and surprisingly, I'm negative. Like, I shouldn't be acting so surprised, but, like, seriously, I drove through, like, 48 states in what could be arguably the most infected country in the world, and uh, mm-hmm. and then I jumped on a fully packed flight. Like, there was not a spare seat on that airplane, and I um, and I came out negative, so that's cool, but... um. That being said, I was really careful on the road, you know, like I, you know, like I, I would never like go into like a crowd. I always felt like takeout, I wouldn't go into like crowded restaurants. I'd eat outside. Like when I was fuel pumped, I would always get the hand sanitizer out. Um, lots of like this, I had like a kit of like sanitary wipes and sprays and gels. So I was a little, I mean, I wouldn't say over the top, I would say that like, you know, I was as careful as I should have been. Um, mm-hmm. But that being said, like I just saw those numbers going up and I thought there's not a chance. I will be... I'll just forget one time and I'll push the petrol pump and that'll be it. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I did it. Get it. Yeah, That's amazing. You had it. No, I haven't. I've, Congrats. There's been just about, yeah, I think I've known a couple of people that have had it. And I'm to the point where I'm like, is it like the flu and it's a matter of time before we just get it? You know what I mean? Because the numbers are so high. Ooh. That it just feels. And we're going into winter. Yes. Inside, they're all getting all cozy and toasty. Cuffing season. Oh, mm-hmm. the yeah. are probably blowing up. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a it's like the worst game ever. Is it a cold or is it COVID? <laughs> so, <laughs> is it a hangover yeah. or am I sick? This yeah. Is my game so, <laughs> yeah. We get a uh, visit from the nurse every morning and she says, have you got any uh, headaches? Have you got any like sore muscles? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm hungover. <laughs> but I can't say that because you're going to put me into like, I know it's a hangover. <laughs> you're going to try to put me into, we've got this hotel that's like where like all the like positive, like definitely positive, as they call it. Like, it's not just the quarantine. It's like the like disease hotel, essentially. I shouldn't call it that. It's mm-hmm. bad. But um, if you have any symptoms, you get shipped away to it. And it's notorious. Don't want to go there. No, you just pretend there's no hangover here. I am in no. great condition. I am good. I've done nothing but work out well here. Not drink. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh my God, I've written lists about how I think I'm going to exercise. I can tell you I did one workout, 10 minutes, and I thought I was going to die. Like the next day, my muscles, are, I could barely lift them. I was just appalled. I'm a 30. I shouldn't be like this. <laughs> Terrible. Do you feel like you were like super active out on the road? No, no, not active at all. I mean, I I was on the bike for like, I don't know, eight, nine hours a day. And uh, the only exercise I got was loading that bag on and off. No, I've definitely stacked on a spare. I call it the spare tire. And it's not one mm. that you can use is just gonna <laughs> frighten you in the morning every time you see it in the mirror <laughs> yeah at least 2021 right, right. next year it's just such a shame i'm going into summer over here it's like ugh, i suppose there's a bikini oh, summer that's true. Like- <laughs> but maybe that'll be really good motivation yeah you would think you know what when we wrap up here i'm gonna do an exercise <laughs> do it i can't wait to hear all about it you probably and, then, and then your wine will taste that much better when you Aww. cheers mrs potato head oh yeah my little potato head yeah i put some earrings on her yesterday some airs because she needed a face mask so i had to build some airs so i could pop her little face mask on <laughs> yeah because for the longest time she was just carrying it and i was like wait a minute this is really bad messaging she's not wearing her mask <laughs> and she's got a wine bottle <laughs> so now she's wearing it she's gotten upgrades Oh, good. Yeah. Good job, Miss Potato Head. But- well, Nikki, I've had so much fun talking to you. I Seriously, we've got to do a part two, see how it goes in New Zealand. That'll be great. And, yeah, and I'm going to get back to you on that question because now I need some kind of response for you. Yes. Answer. I love yeah. that. Yes, please, please do. And uh, it's been so cool getting to talk with you too. It's just, God, where is the time gone? <laughs> like we could chat I know, day. huh? We just chatted away. So, yeah, it was it was so fun. As always, please don't forget to subscribe. Give us a five-star rate interview. It seriously helps us more than you know. You can follow me on Instagram at Brittany.long or at The Reckoning Podcast. Tune in next week.